Pam and I got to visit a church that uh, is one of our favorite, favorite churches. And it, the pastor's a guy I've known way back in our youth ministry days. Uh, he didn't know we were there, and it doesn't matter he didn't know we were there. But we're sitting there, and he comes out to preach, and probably two or three minutes into his sermon, man, something gets him going. And he says, do you know what? Do you know why a lot of you don't give your time, talent, treasure? Because you're greedy. And then he said this, this church is filled with a lot of heartless SOBs. But he didn't say it that way. I'm not going to say it, okay? He was, I, he was mad. He went, and I'm sitting there going, what's going on here? And he goes, yeah, you bunch of heartless. And he, he like said it like nine or ten times. And I'm going, whoa, I'm so glad I'm here tonight to hear this. But you know what? If you're a greedy person, you're probably heartless. Because you know what? If you can't share, that's because you can't care. Would you agree sharing is caring? Yeah, and, and, and we need to think about that. So you might be a greedy person. You might be, to quote my friend, a heartless, never mind. <laughs> if you have a fear of not having enough, and that's why you don't share. You say things like, well, one day I will when I have more. And you just can't seem to do it. Uh, maybe you live by a scarcity mentality. I just don't have enough. I just don't have enough. And, and other people have it, but I don't. And by the way, I want to tell you, that is for sure not true. That doesn't say you don't have enough. It says what you have has you. My uh, grandparents were two of the most generous people I know. And they were dirt poor in Arkansas, and then the depression hit, and it was worse. And they always shared. My grandparents were, no, they were sharing and caring, and, and you know what? It wasn't based on what they had, it based on the heart that was within them. So you might be heartless if you find this scarcity mentality ruling your life. Uh, you might be heartless if you hoard, and you see as what you have is yours and not to be taken uh, you might have used these words, and I love it when people use these words. The church just wants my money. Now, you might say, why do I love that? Because I'm looking at someone who needs to be converted. And uh, I love to help people get converted. Um, you might be heartless if you do everything for your kids and your immediate family and no one else. That might surprise you. Eric Erickson, the famous psychologist, found that when people only take care of themselves and their families, they're living a selfish, immature life. He used the word immature. Uh, I think that's really intriguing. Uh, you might be uh, heartless if you uh, feel like, you know what, if I get more, I'll be happy. I'll be happy when I have the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And you don't realize that's greed, and greed always is a part of covetousness. So more things, more attention, more affirmation, more followers, more likes, more comments on social media. And this idea of if I get more, 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 I'll be happy. Let me just stop there and in parentheses moment. If you can't be happy where you're at now, you're not going to be happy then. Please, I want you to know that's true. Yeah. Selfish people are greedy people. And you just don't care and you probably won't share. By the way, that's the American lifestyle to be greedy. 
It's the American culture to be greedy. And whenever we in the church preach on greed, greedy people get offended and see something is wrong with the church rather than looking in the mirror and seeing something's wrong within them. By the way, all children at some point become greedy. Uh, Why do children become greedy? Well, two reasons. One, the sin nature. Uh, Greed's a part of the sin nature. The other reason children become greedy uh, is because their parents model it for them. And truth is better caught than taught. And uh, you know what? We need to understand that. And so what happens is you have never probably as a parent felt like you had to teach your kids to be greedy. When my boys were little, I didn't call them into a room and say, guys, today's a big life lesson. I'm going to teach you a word I want you to say over and over. Say this word, mine, mine, mine. I never did that. Any other parent do that? No. But those words come out. That attitude's there. I'll never forget that my little boy, when my, now he's 40, but my son Rich, when he was little, um, man, we, we overwhelmed him with, with too many things. Now, I've worn, I talked about that last week, but we gave and gave and gave and gave. So one night, I'm in his room, and, and I always told stories before he went to bed, and I'm looking at this room filled with the best toys ever, way too many. And I looked at Rich, and I said, Rich, hey, um, In two weeks, we're going down to Mexico. And Rich, there's a a lot of kids down there that don't even have close to what you have here. So what if we do this? Rich, what if if we uh, pack up some of your toys and take them down there and give them to kids who don't have any? And I'll never forget, you know, this little probably three years old boy puts his hands behind his head, lays on his pillow and goes, I don't think so, Dad. Yeah, it's funny when you're three. It's not funny when you're 30. See, greed truly is a deadly sin. Proverbs 1 verse 18 actually says that. It said, but these people set an ambush for themselves. Don't miss those words. These people, who are these people? Greedy people set an ambush for themselves. They're trying to get themselves killed. Such is the fate of all who are greedy for money It robs them of life. When we say it's a deadly sin, it's a deadly sin. Why? Because it kills your relationship with God. Why? Because it destroys your relationship with others. Why? It robs you of your potential and and the God-given plan that he has for your life. I can promise you God's plan is not for anybody to be greedy, but his specific plan and unique plan for you is to be generous. And greed robs you of joy. And by the way, that means it robs you of strength because the joy of the Lord is your strength. And so why do I get so passionate about this? Because I know God loves you. I know God cares about you. But I know God calls for you and me to be people who care and share and we don't hoard and we don't say mine, mine, mine. And that's what you need to understand. Jesus got so passionate about this. He told us something you and I do not want to ever forget. There are many forms of greed. And they're all bad. Look what Jesus said in Luke. He said this. Then Jesus said to them, beware. And whatever he said, beware, you should beware. Beware and be on your guard against every form of greed. For not even when one has an abundance does his life consist of his possessions. Now, the Lord is saying to you and saying to me, there are a lot of different ways to be greedy and every one of them are bad. 
Every one of them harms someone or hurts someone. It may harm you and it may harm others. And notice the, the word uh, uh, that is in the Greek for greed. The New Testament was written in Koine Greek. And the word Greek uh, means this, a strong desire to acquire more and more material possessions or to possess more and more things than other people have, all irrespective of need. So it's not wrong to meet your needs. It's not wrong to have some things, but it's irrespective of that. It's greed, it's avarice, it's covetousness. And covetousness is always defined as, I will be happy when I get that. See, I'll be happy when I get that. That's the definition of a coveting. Uh, the Lord said, beware of every single form of greed. Last week, I told you that gluttony says these words, more, more, more. Greed says more, 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 but adds mine, mine, mine. More that's mine, more that's mine, more that's mine. And the idea of just clinging and holding on. And Jesus said there are many, many forms of greed, many ways that greed harms you and others. Greed, greed never has enough. Never has enough. Greed shows itself when you're given a gift and someone gave you that gift and you look at it and think, they should have gotten me something better. By the way, let's, anybody, come on, honestly, have you ever thought that? Have you ever thought, what? That's all you got me? Greedy person. By the way, look around. There's a bunch of others around you just like you. Greed arises when someone writes you an encouraging note and you think, they could have done better. They could have written more. Uh, Greed comes out when people plan a special time for you and you think, they don't know me that well. They didn't do that good. You know what you catch this happening? Whenever you're greedy, let me ask you a question. Think about what are those three things you're always focused on who? You. Not on what they were trying to give. Not on, on what they were trying to, to show love with. And, and you know what? It robs you from the, the joys that God said will fuel your life and give you an ability to truly, truly live. Because the bottom line is you need more, you need more, and it's yours, and it's yours. And greed, greed just ruins everything. Another form of greed clearly, and I'm not going to miss it or mitigate, is when God's word clearly says I want you to give me the first 10%, which is called a tithe of any income that comes in, and I want you to give me offerings beyond that. And you say, no. No to God. And by the way, why do people say no to God? Because you, I don't have enough. And I'm gonna just, I really do care, so let me say this. It's not if you have enough money, it's if you have enough faith. That's what it really comes down to. And, and God wants you to trust him. God wants you to trust him. So what you and I need to do is to understand that. And Jesus said, beware of every form of greed. Greed when it comes to your time. Greed when it comes to your talent. Greed when it comes to your treasure. Uh, greed when it comes to the idea that you think life is all about you. And Jesus says this because he cares about us. Uh, money, according to Jesus, though, is a clear way to measure your heart. 
If so you ever said these words that you can't know what's in my heart, that's not true. The Bible says there are two ways to accurately be able to see what's in someone's heart. How you use your money. And by the way, that means you need to be generous. Generous to God, generous to others, or else your heart is not a generous heart. And definitely not committed to the Lord. The second is what comes out of your mouth. What comes out of your mouth. By the way, whenever I preach on this, I'm not trying to be mean, but greedy people, you walk out and give nothing except complaints. <laughs> I've been wanting to say that all morning. <laughs> Matthew chapter 6, verse 20 says this, but store it for yourselves, Jesus is talking, store it for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart is also. So the Lord says, if I look at where you put your treasure, then I know where your heart is. If you give to God and give to others, your heart is a heart for God and a heart for others. And you're not a greedy person. And this is such a big deal that Jesus, Jesus had 16 out of 38 parables about money. Don't miss that. 16 out of 38 parables dealt with how we handle our money. In the Bible, there are 2,350 verses that deal with money. So let me say this to you. If you go to a church that doesn't preach about money, they're not preaching the word of God. And you know what? Uh, let me tell you as a pastor, I know those are not popular sermons. But am I called to be popular or faithful? What am I supposed to be? Yeah, and what do you want me to be? Yeah, so I'm going to preach the word. And I, every, there's people who, I, I, I get this all the time. All you talk about is money. And I don't defend myself. By the way, if you took a year of sermons, is it really all about money? No. But I'll tell you what, somebody, somebody's getting pinged. Someone's getting hit. There's an old saying, when you take a rock and you throw it into a pack of jogs, how do you know which one you hit? The one that barks the loudest. And uh, <laughs> some of you are barking. And I love you. I love you. You know what? I, I do. But let's just get honest. And you know what? Let me just say this. We always want to help. Uh, I am really excited about something. Uh, Dave Ramsey's ministry, and I call it a ministry. He calls it a ministry, has released a brand new tool that he thinks can be game-changing called Ramsey Plus. Uh, it's an app you sign up for that will help you in financial counseling and even make financial counselors available. Uh, it'll guide you on how to make a budget, how to get out of debt, how to build wealth, which is not wrong. It's not about being greedy. By the way, the Bible says you build wealth. Why? Why? So you can give more, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's just God's, God's will for you. Uh, and, and so you know what is, is we, we want you to do that. And uh, let me say this to you. Uh, we believe in this so much, we partner with Dave Ramsey to make sure you get this for free. Uh, so if you're a part of the Crossroads family, you can have this for free. Um, you just text FREE to 77247. Text free to 77247 and you'll get this. And uh, we would love for you to have it. Remember, Jesus said something. Right after he said, where your treasure is, your heart is also. In that same chapter in Matthew 6, 24, he said these words. Jesus said that you can't serve two masters. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. And, and many of you know this, but I want everyone to know this. Here's what Jesus said. You cannot serve God. And in the English Bible, we put the word wealth. But in the Greek, it's the word mammon. 
Now, why is that important? Because what you need to know is in Jesus' day and actually in, even in our day, you need to know the word mammon is not just the word for money. It's the name of a demonic force, of an actual demon. He said, you know what? You can't serve God and mammon. You can't serve God and a demon that incites you to greed. And I believe that mammon is active in our world today. Thomas Aquinas said this. Thomas Aquinas said, I see mammon arising from the depths of hell, riding a wolf with the desire to inflame men's hearts with greed. See, the mammon is where that greed is in part come from. Now, are you responsible for it? Yes. But is it something the enemy does to prod you, to inflame you, to get you on the wrong direction? Yeah. Why do some of us struggle with this? I want to tell you, because demons are involved. It's spiritual warfare, and the Lord wants you to win. And so what I want you to be aware of is that that is something God wants you to be freed from. He doesn't want you to live in. So maybe it's why my friend got so mad. Maybe it's why he came out the way he did, which by the way, I wouldn't do to you. But the Bible's clear that greed should never be named among Christians. Now, don't miss that. It should never even be named that one person in the Crossroads family is greedy. Uh, where do I get that from? Ephesians chapter five, verse one. Let's read the whole section together. It says, imitate God. By the way, God is generous. For God so loved the world, he what? He gave, yeah, he gave. Uh, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do because you are, his dear, you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love. Following the example of Christ, he loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. And then it says, let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Let there be no, no greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Think about that. Again, I... I, I God, I gotta have a thought here that I, I wanna share with you. Wouldn't it be incredible if every single person who visits Crossroads goes, there's not a greedy person there. Yeah, not one greedy person there. And, uh, you know, a part of the church family. He goes, obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. And then it says, you can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. So where is our worship focused? Where is our first worship happening? The Bible says it's very, very clear that I want you to be somebody who, who gives, who gives. Um... When I was the youth pastor here in the 1980s, Tim Coop, who was my spiritual father and my mentor, was the senior pastor. It was a dream to come and work for Tim. Uh, to this day, there's probably no one I admire more than Tim. I admire other men and respect them, but nobody more than Tim. And one day he said, hey, can you come in my office? 
And I could see this wasn't going to go well. And in my head, I'm thinking, what did I do? What did I do? What did I do? Tim said, Chuck, I looked at your tithing records. Man, I felt guilty. But even more, I felt ashamed. By the way, was it okay for him to look at my tithing records? Yes. Yeah, he was holding me accountable as a spiritual leader. Was it okay what was a part of my tithing record, which was very, very little? No. Now, I could have said, what are you doing looking at my records? You know what that's called? That's a defense mechanism when you're ashamed of what you've done. And I went home and told Pam. Pam looked at me and said, we're not tithing? That was a hard day. It was a day I needed. I needed that. By the way, praise God for people in my life that care enough to say, it's not okay when you're not doing the okay thing. Yeah. And they called me into account, and I said, that's it. And I made the change that day, that day. I wasn't going to wait. I was going to immediately decide to be faithful. And that's what the Lord wants us to do. And I love the life I've gotten to live since that, that moment happened, since I repented of my sin. Because I went from the cardinal sin, or the, the, the deadly sin of greediness to the cardinal virtue of charity. Now, by the way, charity is an amazing word. Uh, it's, it's a word that's a virtue. It's a word in our day we don't seem to understand. The Encyclopedia Britannica says this. It says that charity in Christian thought is the highest form of love, signifying the reciprocal love between God and man that is made manifest in unselfish love of one's fellow men. So it says this is the highest form of love in Christian thought. And so that, that cardinal virtue comes from a Greek word, agape. Most of you know the word. The word agape literally means unconditional love. And here's what I want you to know. According to scripture, it's the highest form of love. And according to Thomas Aquinas, he placed charity in the context of other Christian virtues, specified its role as the foundation or root of them all. Now, what does that mean? Real quickly. Just like pride is the root of all the deadly sins, greed is a deadly sin, but charity is a virtue and it's the root of all the Christian virtues. In other words, all Christian virtues come out of charity. All Christian virtues come out of agape. Every motivation of our life is to be based on love. And then it leads to living the blessed life. In Acts 20, verse 35, Paul begins to talk about some things, but he talks about Jesus in a very special way. And he says, remember the words of the Lord Jesus, that he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Jesus said, you know what? It's not just blessed. It's not just living in the blessing. It's living in the more blessing to give than to receive. And you guys already, everybody I almost all knows this, but I live by a slogan or a motto that I love, and that is I'm blessed to be a what? By the way, are you blessed to be a blessing? Yeah, and that creates a cycle of blessing. So when God blesses me, 
I want to bless him and I want to bless others. And by the way, when I do that, I become more blessed. So you get where I'm going? So God blesses me. I bless him and I bless others. God more blesses me. So I more bless him and bless others, which means I get more blessed. And it starts this cycle of blessing. And I walk around, I literally do. I, okay, I got honest with you about what I wasn't doing, all right? So let me tell you, now that I'm doing it, after all these years I'm doing it, I walk around blessed. I had somebody say to me one time, man, you use the word awesome a lot. And I said, yeah, because life's awesome. God, does anybody know God's awesome? Well, you know what? A, a big part of knowing that is living in the blessing. Now, I, 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 I'm not kidding you. I know some of you say, I'm not putting on a show. Come on, guys. I, I've been honest. I'm fat. I told you that, okay? <laughs> People who live life with me. Tracy, you're here. You live life with me. Do I bless others? Tony, by the way, am I, you're, you, Tony grooms our dogs, which is a blessing. But you get around me enough to know I do that. I'm not putting on a show here. I'm telling you, God is incredible. God is good. And the blessed life is one where you go bless other people. And you know what? That's why some of you right now ought to text Buddy. And I told you that before joking. The ones of you who are sitting out there going, not going to do it, do it. Let me just say this. Greedy people never feel like being generous. So you know what you have to do? You have to deny self. Jesus said, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself. So if you're a greedy person, the only way out of it, deny self and start being generous. And if you go, but I don't feel like it. You know what? Being a Christian means you don't live by what you feel like. You live by Jesus being the Lord of your life. And you need to do that. So some of you got to text buddy. The, the ones of you who said, I'm not gonna, the, some of you are holding on right now. My phone's not coming out. There's a few of your wives that are looking at you going, what are you going to do? And you thought, I'm going to go to lunch and forget this sermon. Clinton? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Listen to what it says in Isaiah 32, verse 8. But generous people plan to do what is generous. And they stand firm in their generosity. By the way, so here's what I want to tell you. If I'm going to be wise, if I'm going to be a follower of Jesus, I need to have a generosity plan. I need to have a generosity plan. So it's not this, I'm going to be generous. I plan to be generous. I, I pray about it and ask God for direction and, and put a plan in place that I don't veer from. By the way, notice it says they stand firm in their generosity. That means you're, you're like my grandparents. See, if my grandparents were only generous when they had things, they would never have been generous most of their life. But at the very end of their life, I wanna, I'm not kidding, they had everything. Man, you talk about packed funerals of people they had blessed I mean, I, I had people come up to me telling me about my grandfather and grandmother. Do you know what they did for me? Do you know how they were there for me? Do you know? And I stood there in awe of the legacy they were leaving to me and humbled by it. But it wasn't based on them having a lot. They came out of the depression. I, I, by the way, I'm not mocking my grandfather. But just so you know, my grandfather was a janitor at Sunkissed Plant that was down here on me. You know what? He didn't earn a ton of money. My grandmother was a checker at a supermarket called Safeway down here on Maine. But you know what? And this is true. I can't tell you how many times I would, I would go into that, that grocery store and there would be five or six lanes open, but my grandmother always had a big line 
And they'd go, you could come over here. And they'd go, no, we're waiting for her. She was generous. She was loving. And she stood firm in her generosity. And so you don't base it on what you have. You base it on who you are in Jesus Christ. You base it on a God who loves you. You base it on all those things. And so let me just get it very clear to you. As your pastor, as someone who, oh, I care about you. I want everybody here to be generous towards God by tithing and giving offerings to God. I want everybody here to be debt-free. I really do. The Bible says the borrower is the slave of the lender. I want you to be debt-free. I want everybody here to take whatever God's given you and grow that as the way God says, because a wise man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. That's why I told my sons, you get nothing. The grandkids get everything. No, I'm not real. I'm kidding. But you know what? I, that's what we want you to do. I want everybody here to sponsor a child. I want you to have the joy of making sure a child who would be enslaved to poverty, you have set free by sponsoring them here at Crossroads. I want everybody here, by the way, to have a living trust because I don't think you should bless the state of California when you die. I think you ought to bless your kids. By the way, I'm going to tell you this, and, and it's true, Pam and I have dedicated 10% of any estate we have to crossroads when we die. That's why I get a little concerned when some of our elders go, I'm praying for you, Chuck. <laughs> but I, I, you know what, why, you might go, in, why didn't you go into all those things? Because that's just wise living. And out of that, you have a generosity plan, a plan to be generous a plan to say, I want to bless others. A plan to make the difference in other people's lives. Look what it says in Proverbs 21, verse 26. Some people are always greedy. They're greedy for more. But the godly love to give. The godly love to give. And you know what? I hope you love to give. I hope you love to give of your time. I hope you love to give of your talent. And I hope you love to give of your treasure. And you know what I really hope for you? I, I mean this. Please, I hope you live a blessed life. I hope you are so blessed by God. And every time a blessing from God comes, what do you do? You're blessed to be a blessing. And the cycle of blessings is true for you. By the way, does that mean that life is always easy? Oh, no. But sometimes in those times of tears, you get a chance to bless others. Sometimes in that time of pain, you get to bless others. Sometimes in that time where you're not sure what's coming next, you get to bless others. And when you do that, you begin to experience the heart of God who loved you so much that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. By the way, eternal life does not only start an experience in heaven. It starts right now. And that, that everlasting life is the life of living and giving and loving and caring and sharing. And Jesus wants that for you. So today, are you living the blessed life? Let's just talk about that. Are you living a life where you go, wow, God's real. God's true. God's promises happen. Are you doing that? If not, the Lord wants you to start by giving something, and that's you. Giving your heart to him, committing your life to him, saying yes to him. Some of you today need to pray a prayer with me where you do that for the very first time. Some of you need to do this uh, as a recommitment moment. 
Some of you need to do it on your own. Some of you need to do it with others. You might need to do it with some friends. If you're married, you might need to do it as a couple. Some whole families need to make this commitment. But I don't want you to walk out of here or turn this uh, 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 service off if you're online and not have made this commitment. So let's pray. Father, I pray today that your Holy Spirit would really truly touch each person here, but especially those who who are hurting, who maybe right now their hearts are hard because life's been hard, or Lord, who are afraid, they're not sure they're gonna make it, and uh, Lord, the blessings are about to come if they would make the most important move, the pray the most important prayer they can ever pray. And that is to commit their lives to you. It starts, I think it's so interesting, Lord, that the Christian life starts with Jesus, you giving to us, and then it starts in a very real way for us and we give back to you. So I pray for that right now. I pray for some to give their hearts to you for the first time, some to give their lives to you in a recommitment, but I pray that would happen. Right now, whether you're here or online, I'm gonna ask you, are you ready to pray this prayer? Think about what would happen if you do. Lord, I pray you're touching people. Hey, all you who love the Lord, pray with me for people to say yes to him. Pray you're touching people. Right now, this could be your moment. Think about it. I'm gonna have you whisper a prayer with me. Whether here or online or on the patio, whisper this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I know you love me. And I know you died on the cross for me. And you died for my sins. I pray you'll forgive me and cleanse me from all my sin. I pray you'll heal me from hurt and from pain. I pray you'll free me from anything or anyone that's holding me down or holding me back. But most of all, I pray you'll make me yours. And I pray you'll make me alive. And I pray you'll make me brand new. So I say yes to you. And if those are the only words you can say, say it right now. Just say it. Say, I say yes. I say yes to you. And I say yes to the life you have for me. So take me now and make me yours. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. If you prayed amen, praise God. And if you're online and you prayed that prayer, text amen to 77247 or go to family and let us know you made this decision. And we want to give you something. We want to give you an electronic copy of a book called The Purpose Driven Life that will help you know your purpose in life as God guides you and shows you things. So right now, if you're online, go to crossroadschurch.family and click on I Said Yes or text amen to 77247. Thanks again for joining us. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we hope you'll text AMEN to 77247 so we can provide you with the resources to help you on this journey. If this message resonated with you or you need prayer for something, would you let us know in the comments below? Our team reads every comment that comes through and we love interacting with you. If this message added value to your life, click the subscribe button and turn on post notifications so that you'll never miss out on a new message. We're live on Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. right here online, 
and Sundays at 9 a.m. and on demand anytime after that. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time.